HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, bartender, what you serve your agave spirit in is just as important as which agave spirit you serve. A beautifully crafted heritage agave spirit served in a snifter? That snifter may work great for whiskey, but for a high-proof mezcal that hasn't been aged in wood, it starts to evaporate once you pour it into that bulbous shape. And the volatile aromas, they get trapped in that bulb before blasting out like a cannonball into the face of your unsuspecting guest. I've seen more than one mezcal newbie walk away because of that full frontal assault. So, what should you use? How about a vaso veladora? These traditional little glass candle holders are what you see all over Mexico for drinking. Do you see them in churches too, Lou? That's what they're really for. Hey, I didn't know you were in this commercial, Java. I'm not. This is just the sound of my voice and your subconscious correcting you. Ah, of course. But regardless of what my subconscious Chava says, you don't need to break into Mexican churches to stock up on Vasos Veladora for your bar or for your restaurant. You can just go to mezcalforlife.com where they stock this and other barware or mezcaleria ware in bulk. For 72 bucks, mezcalforlife.com will ship you 48 of these beautiful traditional Mexican drinking vessels. And candle holders. Sure, drinking vessels or candle holders, whichever you need. Mezcalforlife.com can help you find the perfect drinking vessel for your perfect agave spirit. Head to mezcalforlife.com now and you can get your bar ready to serve the geekiest of mezcal geeks with the finest Mescaleria wear. I am Lou Bank. I am Chava Perivan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the award-winning, critically acclaimed podcast that helps Greek ex-bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. There you go. So today we're talking about something that has everybody, everybody, including Lou, just ready to find some conspiracy theory. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knew this was going to happen and they're ready to find something that nobody's talking about because uh, the numbers don't lie, correct? Well, numbers don't lie. Our interpretation <laughs> of numbers can be lies, but numbers don't lie. Numbers are our friends. 
Okay, so what happened? What, what was this big scandal that has shaken the grounds of every mezcal lover right now, Senorito Lu? Well, it's really only about 12 mezcal lovers. But, um, you know, I actually am not 100% sure I understand <laughs> the scandal. So, Chava, you've got some, the Mexican government, they don't work for you. Well, I guess they do work for you because you are a tax-paying Mexican citizen. Yes, of course. Citizen, yeah. So um, the Mexican government, right, has a division that in essence is like the Consumer Protection Agency. Correct. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. You go, you go. Yeah. And, uh, and every once in a while, they'll just test stuff. Like uh, they just came out with, uh, with their, their magazine that I'm guessing is quarterly. I have no idea. But eh, let's uh, just say yeah, I'm, I'm not a sure. big fan, but yeah, I, yeah, I know okay. it exists and I know some of the scandals that they have created in this country. Yes. Yeah. And as I understand it, there are three things that they investigate in this particular episode or issue. So <laughs> this, this is an episode they have issues. So one of the things they investigate is garbanzo beans. The other thing that they investigate is latex gloves. And oh, wow. then the third thing they investigate is mezcales. Yes. And I think everybody was bracing for this to happen sooner than later. Really? But well, you know, it's, it's becoming extremely visible. Yeah. Uh, mezcal and even as we know, it, it doesn't even scratch the it doesn't even scratch the numbers of tequila, but it is suggesting that one day it might. So, if you want my very personal interpretation of why they decided to do this right now, it is to make all the tequila brands to know that well, all them sorry, all the mezcal brands to know that you know they didn't box <laughs> tequila, my mind. Tequila, <laughs> we're not looking at you, mezcal, we're watching you closely. Yes. Yeah, you know, so, I honestly, and uh, my feeling about this is there's some kind of internal war going on in the Mexican government. And, you know, we've seen. Oh, oh there's so, no, like, with, like, I don't know what you're even going to suggest, but okay, go, go, go. Okay, we've, we've seen some of this where, you know, you, you had people, uh, like, it felt, it felt to me like AMLO was supporting the CRM. And then a bunch of other people in the Mexican government who were opposed to the CRM. And I don't fully understand why anybody really cares at the Mexican, like at the federal level about the CRM. But the fact that they opened up these other bodies to certify um, suggests to me that there's some kind of internal struggle going on that you and I are not entirely privy to. Well, I don't know if you like soap operas. Uh, usually, unless you don't see 150 episodes of the soap opera, you don't really get what's going on. You don't know who married who, who cheated with who. So I think right now, we, Joanna, I just have watched 25 episodes. We still uh -huh. have long, long go to understand the internal gossip. I'm not over the top interested about that, but <laughs> I, feel, yeah, like I mean, sure. if, if that, that's what I dedicated my life to, I wouldn't do much. Uh, but I think some of the results are interesting. So a lot of the first reactions that I saw online, and I, again, like it's so funny because a lot of the people crying that these brands were dishonest and were catched oh, because I, they were having uh, 0.8 less alcohol in their mezcal than the, what they have declared. Which they is have... crazy. <laughs> which is crazy. The fact that you're measuring in, into tenths and hundredths of, you know, of a thousand, like, it just, like, <sighs> Well, anyway, that that is that I, I was so surprised when I saw these reactions because what I thought was 
I thought people were going to react the other way around, saying like, you know, this is not quite fair competition for these size of industries. I guess you can measure these things in tequila, their state-of-the-art industrial operations, but when you're going into these smaller, even the big guys that they tested, they're rather small when compared to other industrial alcohol operations, and they're being measured with very strict fine plus plus minuses. So I thought people were going to be a little bit more forgiving. Yeah. And when you're talking about something as volatile as alcohol, even like whether you're talking industrial scale or tiny little, you know, handicraft scale, I I don't think a tenth or a hundredth of a percent is that big a deal. Well, and it's also, and and I mean, this so is, wait, wait, so so let's back up for a second because yeah, we're like, okay, okay yeah, so yeah, we're getting so, all wrapped, yeah, yeah, like so, the, so the magazine itself, the investigation itself, they looked at thirty, I think it was thirty six different brands of mezcal, right, mm-hmm. and they came back with, I want to say six, seven, or eight of the brands um, had either. Uh, like the, the, less alcohol than they claim, but it was, you know, I think the, the, the most egregious offender was like 1.4% lower, not even percent, but points, 1.4 uh, points lower than what they claimed on the bottle. Um, or there was less alcohol than the 750 milliliters of the one liter that they claimed, but it was, it was like, it was just a tiny little fraction yeah, so I, I think that the important thing to, or what I understood out of this, it's not like they are saving their money by putting <laughs> less alcohol, less spirits in these bottles. It just has to do with the fact that they are, most of them, they don't have half a million dollar bottling machines. So sure. they're uh, bottling by hand, they're putting the cork by hand. Which, so which maybe, when, you know, when, when one of the conversations that's going on right now is everybody should be bottling by hand in Mexico so that you've got human beings who are employed. You know, like if you're going to say that, then you got to give them a pass when it's a little bit <laughs> off. And I mean, to be absolutely honest, and I, I hope they don't do this, but if they were to test a lot of the brands that we love, that we know that are being bottled by hand, they will have significantly more problems than what we're seeing with these guys. Sure. You know, like, sure. I, like I, I think I was telling you that one time I was in charge of uh, following up with some bottling and they lost 3% of all the mezcal we gave to them just in bottling. And I was like, how the hell do you lose 3% of what we gave you? And there's like, just the dynamics of this. Well, and, well you're, but you're uh, talking about alcohol, which evaporates, right? Well, not necessarily evaporates, it's liquid. Like it, there's like so many moving parts. And again, like, yeah. I don't know if you've Things seen spill. it. Like, <laughs> yeah, when you see like Diageo bottling stuff that's no joke that's like you know they're like poetry of engineering right. and uh and i'm sure they have like a one percent zero point uh zero point five percent lossage but anyways so this happens people start losing their minds and start trying to point at these guys saying that they're dishonest or whatever but but, then, there, but there were two things that stood out for me in this report one of which was flagged and the other of which doesn't seem to be talked about at all. Okay, so first one, flag. Okay, so first one, the flag. Right, Gusano Rojo. Am I reading it correctly that in fact, like they they found that this wasn't mezcal? Like, is this is this somehow made from sugar cane or partially made from sugar cane? No, and this is something that I think a lot of us will love if you could measure it. Oh. Now, I think one of the biggest 
problems that I see in the Gavis Spirits category these days is that we are not 100% sure if what we're drinking is 100% of agave. None <laughs> of the testing that the CRM is doing right. can guarantee you that they did not add sugar cane into your spirit. And, you know, they go to check their distillation like once a month, once every three weeks. But it's so easy to just throw a little bit of sugar cane in there and say like, oh, I had this beautifully super sweet agave that had a yield that I will have never thought. So right. very easy to pass. Uh, no way to prove that. And no. Uh, to be very, very emphatic about this. This is not what they found out. What they found out about Gusano Rojo, yeah. which again is like such a minuscule thing, is that their superior alcohols are not within the range that are necessary to be called mezcal according to a denomination of origin. Now, so, does, does superior alcohol mean it's the stuff that tastes better? Uh, okay, so you know, I you know how much I hate when people say like uh, butanol ethanol number three is the one that gives you the mango flavor because that's absolute nonsense. It's uh, it has a lot to do with how it hits your palate, how it combines with other alcohols. It's it's uh, you cannot just say this piece gives you this exact flavor or because it has more superior alcohol is going to taste better. That's absolute nonsense. In a lot of literature that you could go through into alcohol and other, uh, into wine and other spirits, uh, they claim that uh, superior alcohols are one of the responsible for the more aromatic things and that therefore can be beneficial for the end result. So there, are, to the, so there are a bunch of different kinds of alcohol in every bottle. The superior. Yes. Yeah, so, you have, and it's um, uh, depending on the amount of carbons that they have, yeah. and that will that, that will control their boiling points, technical <laughs> stuff. But uh, supposedly each of them they taste differently. Uh, but arbitrary, and this is a super controversial thing: the fact that the NOM has established these ratios. This is okay. one of the most controversial things about the NOM because they literally took these numbers out of nowhere. Well, they took it out from other regulations that have nothing to do with mezcal, but they decided. That in order to be called mezcal, you have to have at least a hundred milligrams of uh, of superior of alcohols. alcohols by a hundred milliliters of uh, uh, like. Actually, I, I read a full article set, like <laughs> explaining how confusing this ways of measuring is. The point is, you need a hundred of these units in order to be considered mezcal, and they they came up to eighty three. So, okay. so your so range it fell, is hundred so to five hundred. They fell short, and but therefore, but it, but it just it, 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 it there's it fell short not because it's not a hundred percent agave. Nope. Huh. Okay. It, just, it doesn't have enough uh, superior alcohols according to the number. Oh, see that to me, that's like much ado about nothing. Then, I, you know, I like I <laughs> believe. Like, well, well, like, it has, feels, it has, there, there's something, there's something here though. So you have an organism, uh, yep. the, the, the certifying body of mezcal, yeah. which has two, four, six, seven, eight things. You send mm -hmm. your mezcal to a lab. Yeah. There's eight things that they're measuring. Yeah. Forfula, aldehydes, lead, arsenic, methanol, super alcohols, dry extract, and alcohol like ABB. Yeah. They have to check six things. And then they put a check mark to the side and say, yes, this is mezcal. Well, and somehow, well, in this specific brand, well, they decided not to look at one of those criteria and and I, checked it. At the risk of sounding like I'm defending the CRM, let me Surprising. defend the CRM. <laughs> like I, the CRM is not 
checking every single bottle that's released. And I find it hard to believe that if you checked through a hundred bottles of Gusado Rojo, that they all would fail the superior alcohol test. Well, that is the other uh, big complaint about the certified, like, yes, when you usually send your sample for the CRM to check, you're sending a bottle. They're not taking a random nice liter out of a big tank and your production side. So yeah, that is correct. Yeah. Uh, so I like, I, you know, this to be, this does not feel like a very big deal to me. What does feel like a big deal to me and no. like, and, and nobody's talking about it whatsoever. Right. The one thing that I, I and again, you know, no big surprise that my Spanish ain't the best. It, in fact, it's non-existent. But as I'm looking at this uh, and we'll have a link to the actual article um, on, on the episode page on our website. But as I'm looking at this, there are one, two, three, four, five, six boxes for each of the brands that was tested. Mm -hmm. And the very last box, nobody's talking about. And it's labeled Extracto Seco grams per liter mm -hmm. and and i have a theory about that box java oh lord okay here we go okay so <laughs> when you look at the gnome for mezcal at the end of it not at the end somewhere in the middle of it it says you can you can have additives sweeteners preservatives um you can have uh, coloring agents uh aroma agents you can add all of this stuff to your spirit. And it doesn't have a limit as to how much you can have. It just says, so long as, as the thing that you're adding is considered okay by the Mexican government to be healthy, in essence, you can yeah. add it. Mm -hmm. Okay, right? Yes, it's all right. Okay, so it says the exact same thing if you look at the gnome for tequila, you look at the gnome for Icea, Bacanora, says that, but... In those specific cases, it does have a measurement. And that measurement is, it's, 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 in essence, it says it measures by extracto. So if you, the way you measure this thing is you put a sample of the spirit inside yeah. an oven, yeah. you evaporate the spirit, yeah. mm -hmm. and you're going to be left behind, you're going to be left with something, with some solids behind you. Gotcha. And my understanding is that there are some additives that you can add that are going to be, they're liquid and are in the boiling point of water or alcohol, and they're going to evaporate with them. And there's some other that are going to express themselves as solids. Uh, I guess sugar will do that. I guess other things that come in crystals. Glycerin? Do would glycerin do that? I'll bet glycerin I, would do that. Isn't that the conversation that we that we had with, uh, with Cocktail MD with Ryan? Yeah, well, yeah. So I'm sure there's more than one that will do that. Inter interestingly enough, uh, Gusano Rojo happens to be avocado with... So it's an avocado with gusano. Sure. So there's uh, it's oh, the one that sure. So you're gonna have a big fat gusano <laughs> left over. Okay, <laughs> which would explain why it's the highest number of all of those boxes at 0.56 grams per liter, right? Yes, or maybe it's the most artisanal of all the other products, and the <laughs> only one that has not been filtered or and has some agave fibers in there still. Or, and you know, and this is my point, is is it possible that as we're looking at all these numbers, right? So if we look at Santo Gusano, it's got 0 0.05 grams per liter. If we look at Alipus, they've got 0 0.07 grams per liter. Um, you know, as we're looking at these other brands and we're looking at these uh, these extracto secos, 
is it possible that those are flavorings or sugars, sweeteners that have been added? Is it possible? Uh, Glycerin? It is. I mean, according to what we're reading from the tequila nom, there's a chance for that. But also the distillation of mezcal is not a perfect filtration system. There's a bunch of tiny little molecules that are traveling from your distillation pot into your serpentine where you're cooling the alcohols Mm -hmm. due to pressure. So that it's also just, you know, like how many times have you had a bottle of mezcal that you just filled straight out of the steel? And then after a few months, you have like a, you know, like a significant amount of solids in there. Oh, yeah, no, that's it. Huh. Let me actually look at a bottle break. Oh, yeah, there's some solids. Okay, that there makes you sense go. to me. There you go. So, uh... So I, I I love you want to find the conspiracy in everything you look at and and, <laughs> and, uh, and then what you love to say Lou Bang deciphered that everybody's using sugar into their spirits. Not everybody, just you know these just people, a few guys. Just these uh, guys. But I think it's equally as plausible that it's just uh, it's, it's just the it's, fibers, just the fibers, and the fact that people don't want to filter the hell out of this because they will be losing flavor. So okay, so then accepting that. I say that at the end of the day, this article, like, you know, I, I, I think I kind of prove that I'm not out to assassinate the, the CRM by saying, to me, this is just a big shrug. There's, it is not giving us anything really useful. If they really wanted to protect the consumer... Yeah. I think there will be so many other things to measure. Most importantly, sugarcane. Presence of sugarcane of or alternative sugars in the spirit. To do that kind of study, that will be very expensive. I I uh, get that, but how does that protect the consumer even? Well, because you're paying for very expensive sugars that are agave sugars. Sugarcane sugars are a lot more cheap, like they're a lot cheaper. So ah, it's like if you go to a steakhouse ah, and you're and you're supposedly you're wa- buying ah, wagyu, but they're giving you just random stuff. Ah, you know, I like. I want I, my rights to be protected. I I hear you, but at the end of the day, if we're like if we're trying to conserve agave, I don't know that making. Hey, sugar- hey, hey, hey. All I'm saying is just don't lie. I, I'm a bit. I'm the biggest fan of sugar cane. I just want to know when <laughs> I'm true. being that's given true. sugar cane. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so should we wrap this up with a big shrug? Uh, I can I can say meow. You know, meow? meow. You say meow, meow, meow I'll say shrug. How about that? Okay, meow and not wow. That's it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds good, Java. I'll catch you next episode. See ya, vato. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. 
Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.